0: welcome back to love life and legacy everybody this is the podcast dedicated to helping you navigate these hypersexualized times of ours and if you want to go through life as an informed individual you need information you need worldviews and perspectives that go far beyond what you are accustomed to. And that's exactly what this episode is all about. I have interviewed this really cool guy that I met back in New York over 12 years ago. He is a legit guruji, okay? He's a guru, and I don't mean an Instagram guru. I'm talking about somebody who lived in a cave for a while. This guy, he used to tell me about a story about this guy who could breathe through his eye, another guy who lived until he was 123. You know, just a bunch of wild stuff. But the reason I wanted to talk to him was to understand what does Hinduism have to say about sex? And guess what? They have a lot of amazing things to say. I will be talking to him in this episode. Just so you know, I will also be interviewing a rabbi. I'm also gonna find somebody from the Islam faith. And I just really feel this is important to help us understand how other people view sex and also to glean the wisdom that these ancient traditions can provide for us so that we can inherit from the past and create a real strong sense of connection to sex through the ages So please enjoy this podcast episode with Dilip, the Guruji. Welcome back, everybody. I have a cool guy on the podcast today who I met back in New York. And I don't know if you remember this, but one day I sent out an SOS call to the universe and I got Dilip here to come out of nowhere. He just I don't know how you came, but you came to 43rd where I was and I was dealing with some crazy tension in my body. And you just said, okay, lie down on the ground in my office. So I laid down and you put your hand on my chest and I could feel like the room was swirling. Everything was swirling and I felt so much energy. And I was like, can you feel that? And you're like, yeah, my hand is so hot. Feel it. And somehow you just like vacuum cleaned all the negative energy out of me. And I felt so good after that. So his name is, well, I call him Guruji Dalip. I don't know your full name, Dilip. I just know you're Dilip and I know you're a guru or a guruji, but I've known him over 10 years. It's been about 11 years, I would say. haven't seen you in a while, but he's a man of peace and he goes to peace meetings all day, every day because that's what he strives for. And he has a background of being, knowing a lot and participating a lot in Hinduism. So I want to pick his brain about sexuality from the Hindu perspective. So welcome, Dilip. That was a crazy long intro, but welcome.
1: Namaste, everyone. Thank you, my brother, Andrew Love, for inviting me to part of this discussion.
0: Yeah, yeah. So by the way, you can throw something at leap and he won't react. He's like, he's committed to being peaceful everywhere he goes. I've never seen you out of context of just being happy and smiley. So thank you for joining us. And so where exactly were you born? Which part of India were you born in?
1: I'm from Kerala state in India. That's the southern west side of India. When you look at the map about India, the bottom part, south part is very sharp edge triangle, type. We have like three oceans, Arabian seas, Bay of Bengal, and Indian Ocean. And half of that area to the west side is Kerala state. I'll say the land where St. Thomas the Apostle went and converted 12 Brahmin families. This one is from my father's side. Oh, wow. They're older Christians than Europe and America. <laughs>
0: That's really cool well, history. In the south, is it hotter there? Is there more typhoons in the south? or like what's, Is there anything uh, we, unique about living the, in the south of India?
1: Usually, we have monsoon from June to September. So full rain, continuous rain. And you see more green in that state. Oh, yeah. Very well green. And April, May is very hot. In between, it's a beautiful climate.
0: Would you say that the land thrives because it goes through more difficulty? Like a good metaphor, like it, you guys have to endure longer monsoon seasons, but it's greener because of it.
1: Yeah, because I'll say we never had a problem with the water. We have enough ah. food and everything. And people are more educated. They go abroad and live the place where they are.
0: Got it. Did you grow up? Christian or what?
1: Yeah. My my parents never bothered me about religion to practice, but we used to go to church, Orthodox, Syrian Orthodox Church. I'm still a member of that.
0: I see. But you grew up with many Hindu people around you. Is the South mostly Hindu?
1: Hindus, Muslims, Punjab, Sikh community, and Jewish. We have a synagogue there.
0: What? Really? Wow. I've never heard of ethnically Indian Jewish people.
1: Uh, Yeah. I'll say we we have over 3,500 years business between Middle East and India because Jewish people used to come to my state You get all the spices and they trade to Mumbai. Mumbai, to other countries will go. So they used to come there. That's why Jesus came to India. That's a story about it. In the time when he was like 18 years, he was living in, in India.
0: That's cool. I had no idea. I cannot picture an Indian Jewish man. But that's fantastic. I'm glad it exists. Now, okay, I want to pick your brain a bit about this because a lot of the West views sexuality through the Christian lens, which is kind of a dysfunctional relationship, right? Because Jesus never married, he didn't speak openly about sex because he didn't wasn't qualified, I guess, right? There's a lot of different theories, but he definitely didn't really talk about it, and that void created a lot of confusion. The fact that there wasn't an official word in the New Testament about sexuality, clearly, like instructions, people have had to kind of interpret a lot. But I feel like Hinduism's far older, and it also deals with sexuality more openly, right? There's things about Tantra and things like that. But I feel like the Western perspective is pretty ignorant to that largely. I know there's more interest now. There's new agey people who are kind of revisiting that. But I feel like there's a lot of ignorance. So would you be able to talk to us a little bit about, like in India, the average Hindu family, is sexuality something to be feared? Or is it kind of openly discussed culturally? In the traditional way,
1: we have a system. A student will go to a master to learn for 25 years. Then they'll have a family and job for 25 years. Then they Prepare for renunciation for twenty-five years, and they will leave the family for twenty-five years. That's the way they structure.
0: What are these last twenty-five years? What are they doing? They're just uh, sitting. They're
1: just uh, like monks, you know. They focus on the spiritual path. That's it. Wow. Even they will go to the forest and leave the. That's so a traditional. Path.
0: it's kind of like a pre. It's like you're sitting in the lobby waiting for the next life, and. In those first 25 years, you're learning about all areas of life from your master. He's all teaching right. you about hygiene. He's teaching you about internal stuff. He's teaching you about sex, everything.
1: Everything. They learn from masters, everything. But usually they won't go for pre-sex or they won't have a relationship before the marriage. That's a traditional style. Of course, still people have a relationship, you know.
0: Sure. But so that's like the ideal. That's the thing
1: Think like a, sex is a sin. Think sex is a divine action that's the way we take
0: so but in that paradigm sex is divine is it divine only in certain contexts like within a committed relationship or is it any form of sexuality is divine
1: that's the way they take it there's a science about sexual uh, sex in indian culture called kama shastra
0: kama Shastra.
1: yeah or kama sutra They, they talk about you know different positions how to do it, and all all the stuff is there. Usually, masters won't teach to a student because they want to make sure student is matured enough to learn it. Otherwise, they won't because once people get some knowledge, they don't know what they are going to do. <laughs> because this is very difficult for a person to control it.
0: Sure, but what would a kid do? Like, a, say, a 15 year old kid who's learning the ways of life from a master. I mean, you start having many hormones, you, you know, your body's changing, you start to really notice things sexually. What is the guidance there for somebody in that situation? So like in the Christian lens, it's just save it for marriage. Otherwise it's a sin. This is the one place and we don't educate you about that. You got to figure it out on your own. But anything else will tell you a lot about how much you're going to burn in hell, right? So what's the approach for like a formative... 15, 16, 17-year-old?
1: So when you look, look at the histories, Hindu traditions, they have earlier marriages. Oh, okay. They have arranged marriage, so selective male and female when they are matured. You know. Hmm. They know the puberty time, so they prepare them to have a marriage. So they arrange the marriage and they cannot have sex. Then they wait for that time education finished. Then they'll have the wedding. Then they'll have sex, even before 25. They had this system.
0: And what would happen, let's say, if one of the, there's a guy and a girl, there's some sort of arrangement, and one of them had sex before they were about to be arranged, would that be a negative? Would that be harder to match your child with another kid for that arranged marriage? Is that perceived to be a negative?
1: Some families, they used to feel like, but usually masters are very matured. So there's communication. It, they know how children are growing up. They're naughty nature. They'll feel it. So we have herbs to control the bodies, sex. Okay, they have the different types of bodies.
0: Yeah. So I mean, within Hinduism, there's like the act of sex is taught through tantra and tantric sex and all that. But then, isn't there a way of controlling energies that's embedded into the ethos of? Hinduism, that if you are feeling sexual, you can do some breathing, for instance, or do some meditation to calm yourself. Is that is that discussed?
1: Yeah, it is. It's the major source for aggravating the inner, what we eat. So usually they used to have more vegetarian food and less food, not like five times a day eating meal. <laughs> is that, that to, to reduce your dealer. energy?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have so much energy to spend thinking right. about sex?
1: So when they eat a lot of meat and fish and egg, they have this aggressiveness in the body. So they cool down the body. So they have different herbs for them.
0: Is that Ayurveda?
1: It's you- Ayurveda, naturally, Siddha, you know, like a different types are there.
0: And so Ayurveda, because I remember you told me this once. You said, don't drink hot drinks. And I was like, what are you talking about? Right? Like, How would you make that up? But you were just talking about the type of body that I am. So what you're saying is that certain foods impact how you feel. And so in terms of being unmarried, there's certain foods that you probably shouldn't eat because it might put you in a sexualized All right. state. All right. Interesting. So what, what do you think, what type of food would cause somebody to be more sexually aroused? Is it like meat? You're saying vegetarian?
1: Meat, fish, certain fruits also aggravate. And fasting is a very important role in our system.
0: How often do you fast?
1: Uh, Usually, I used to fast like one week, water for years. Now I eat eat one meal a day. That's it.
0: Ah, so kind of like intermittent fasting. So I want to, I just want to go back real quick because a couple weeks ago, I heard a guy talk and he said something. So I doubled back and I researched it and it's true. But India has the lowest divorce rate in the entire world. They have 1% divorce rate and they're doing arranged marriages, which is, Incredible. There's something to be said, right? Yeah, it is. How much is arranged marriage kind of like a team project where the parents are working with the kids and how much is like still about getting a dowry, right? Like you're kind of like giving your daughter to somebody for some money kind of thing. How much of it is like now in this modern age, I guess, you're talking with your kids and they're saying, well, I kind of like this guy and all that. How much participation is involved?
1: Dowry is a crime in India now last 30 years.
0: A dowry is a crime?
1: Crime now, yes. Oh, wow. So a lot of changes happened. And divorce rate went a little bit higher now because of the Western style of life coming up. And But still, there is a group effort. Because one, you marrying a person means you marrying the entire family. It's a group system. You
0: know?
1: Yeah. 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 Combined life is there. And society will reject you if they see you are doing something wrong to the family. That will make people doing less mistakes, you know. They just go up. That's the way it is. And sometimes I feel if a male or female, if they're not sexually fit, that will create a problem in their life for a longer period. But they take it because of they had to stand in the community.
0: Yeah. So the families are communicating with each other and they're trying to see if they're a good fit. And if one family does something sneaky or they're mean, then the rest of their larger community will let them know that that's not cool, kind of thing. So there are repercussions.
1: Before going to the court, people will enter in that subject.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's called accountability, and that's so important. Because I think, you know, there's no accountability in the Western way of dating. It's just feelings, no accountability whatsoever. And then different forms of arranged marriage, are like, within our movement, there's some parents that I know that have done some shady stuff. And yeah, it's nice to have accountability. It's not good to like, you know, exile a family or something, but it's good to like, let them know, hey, that affects us all when you do stuff like that.
1: All depend upon our imagination, I'll say. Christian or Muslim Jewish tradition, they have set minds about the sex, sexual relationship. But when you look at the animal kingdom, They won't go and run around sex always. When they need, they will do it. But human beings are not like that. They can do 24 hours. (laughs) (laughs) They have the the mindset like that. So they need the education from the childhood, you know, how to respect. A lot of times you see the um, male-dominated sex is going on. So that that's also not good, you know. It should be respect should be there, love should be there. The Vedic tradition they say if you don't feel love towards each other, you don't have a sex. If you want to have a child, have a sex. That's the way they
0: used to teach. So if you don't feel love for each other, don't have sex. Does that mean even even if you're married but you're not feeling Correct. loving towards each other, do not have sex. First feel loving, then have sex. Correct. Amazing, yeah. That that's means why they say divine.
1: It is divine.
0: Yeah, divine, because it's about spirit. It's about something higher than the body. Is there any discussion openly in the text of Hinduism or formal teachings about masturbation and just having sex with yourself?
1: Usually those things they never talk about, but my experience with the master, they talk about it. You know, master's so that The energy or the hormone changes. Children want to do it, but that, that's the time the elders will know this happened. happening. So they will take care of them. They talk with them and they know they are getting ready. That's the time they are in some marriage,
0: <laughs> Their bodies are getting ready. Yeah, that's interesting. Because, I, I mean, we educate a lot of people on how to harness that energy because it's a very creative and powerful energy. But we don't have any definitive teachings. You know, everybody's kind of a little bit different. Do you have any effective breathing techniques that you know that or anything that you do to... Not just sexuality, but like to focus your energy. Do you have any, th- any recommendations? That,
1: that, that, that is the alternative breathing technique called Vilom. I You use one nostril, breathe in, and exhale through the other one. And So you uh, breathe in
0: through which nostril? The left one?
1: Left will start. Inhale.
0: Okay.
1: Close it. And exhale to the right. Inhale. Close it. Exhale to the left. Like okay, 10 times a day, we'll do that. It will balance our energy in the body.
0: So that balances your energies.
1: Correct.
0: Interesting. I like that. And so you would do that just throughout the day?
1: No, you need only morning 10 times and the evening 10 times. That's enough. Oh, I see. Then then another thing is make a person always busy with the different things, not allowing them to sit. And we, we never allow our family members to watch pornography or any other stuff. Not getting. How do, you, how do
0: you not allow people? like India has great Wi Fi. I'm guessing any country with a lot of people, their Wi Fi is so much better than America. No, now I'm they guessing. now
1: now yeah. they watch it because it's all around the globe. You know, sure. But traditionally, when we we grew up, we don't know what is it. You know, yeah. As we grew up, when parents or elders know, then they'll talk about others. They never talk about.
0: What about the gods? Because just before we started recording, you mentioned that there's sixty-four thousand gods, right? Yeah. And more,
1: I will say more than that.
0: <laughs> Even more than that, wow.
1: Major, major god and goddesses. Only only in Hindu culture we can see a male god and a female god together.
0: Okay, that's cool.
1: Other religion, you know. <laughs> like major one is Brahma, Vishnu and Shiva and their wives. And they have families, you know. Really? But at the same time they have a family life. They have a spiritual path. So very, very interesting to read all of this stuff. And they all always talk about male and female equal in the energy level.
0: So it's about harmony, balance.
1: Correct.
0: And did the gods, were they clear about sexuality? Because I know like the Greek gods were really more human than gods in terms of their sexual problems, right? But what about in Hinduism?
1: Oh, we have a god only for sex. Kama Deva.
0: <laughs> Say it again. We got to remember this. We name. have
1: god only for sex. That's What's a name?
0: Kama name? Kama Deva. Kama? Deva. Deva. Right. And so that's where Kama Sutra comes from, is from this Kama. Okay. Right. Right. So what does that name translate to, you know? Sexy pants?
1: A Sanskrit, from Sanskrit name.
0: And is, is that the full name or does Kama mean, because Kama is desire, also...
1: Desire, Kama. actually desire.
0: Desire, okay.
1: Right. Deva means God.
0: So all the teachings about sex are through the lens of this guy. And so and we have
1: yeah, we have this write up about only, only about sex,
0: like a book within the text. A book. And it's just about this one God story.
1: They're, in the book, they are not talking too much about this God about the activities.
0: About the God's all, all
1: the all the processes and everything there. <laughs> no no, no other book in the world only in Hinduism.
0: Yeah, I mean, sex is so confusing in most scriptures. It's a very like the Bible, the Old Testament. You know, the Quran, all this, it's confusing and it's they, scary. They take,
1: <laughs> that's a problem. They take it as a sin. Then all the people have this mentality. That's a sin. That's a sin. Mm-hmm. And they cannot enjoy. Yeah. Rather than educate them, this is a divine action. to have a procreation. It should be beautiful. And, and The thing is, even in Ayurveda, they'll say, have sex with your wife only once in a month. Not
0: <laughs> really? That. That's Ayurveda? Because what happens if you have too much sex? What happens to you? Actually,
1: you are losing your energy from inside. I see. Semen is a condensed form of energy from all the different types of fluid in your body. So You don't want to waste it. Use mm-hmm. it for a off you know.
0: So once a month is healthy. And then what are some of the repercussions of too much sex?
1: Then they had to cut down the food. Less. <laughs> Less food.
0: <laughs> well, this is tough. But the, the repercussion of like, let's say you have sex three times a week kind of thing. Does that take away from your creativity? Does it take away from your connection to God? Or like, what are the downsides?
1: In the Hinduism, we say God created us in God's body, including us, right? The five elements. So We had to respect that body, any actions in the body. And whatever you do, we have to celebrate that moment in your life. Even breathing, you have to, you know, take it as a divine action going on. You sure. talk; that's a type of constant meditation. You know, even sex is part of that. Like so when, when you go to the deeper level of that mode, you are not going to feel. It. Oh, I want to do twenty-four hours. You know, you enjoy. It. You stay in that blissful state. Mm. That's what well, I can see kind that. The end of spiritual, way, where you do think about and do it.
0: Yeah, I can definitely see that. It's just you're more. I guess, present if it happens less because it's uh-huh. special. And I think you saying that for all the women listening, they're like, yay! For all the men, they're like, no, shut up. <laughs> Don't say that. But I do agree that like infrequency adds to the value of it a little bit more, right? Uh-huh. Just like anything, the more rare something is, the higher the value it's perceived to be. Uh-huh.
1: Like just think board, you want to eat uh, ice cream. You enjoy it. Then you take second one. Not that much. You take five. You don't want to eat for a long time. <laughs> you know, you lose that quality.
0: Yeah, eventually you just get sick. I saw a guy eat too much ice cream and it was, it was ugly. No, I, I definitely hear you. And our culture is definitely over It's like they can't even stop even though they're not enjoying it as much. And there's definitely mental and spiritual and emotional repercussions. Uh-huh. And I guess even physical, right? Physical, you're depleted of a certain power that you would have otherwise. Uh-huh. And so... I guess when you're, say, you go by the clockwork of those four phases, at 75, do both men and women leave their families and go pray in the woods for 25 years?
1: Uh, that's a very traditional way. Now, people are living together.
0: Husbands and wives will go... Yeah, they
1: live together. Yeah.
0: That's nice. But their priority is more on spiritual things than on physical
1: In India, whatever you do, everything related to spirituality. In, in Hinduism, that's a very...
0: So how can you... Learn to appreciate people, especially of the opposite sex, right? So, in a culture like the Western world where everything is sexualized, you live in New York, so you go to Times Square and you see all the advertisements are sexualized, right? So, when everything's being sexualized, how do you kind of reverse that and start seeing the divinity in people rather than their body parts? Is there a process that you would recommend?
1: This is my observation because I came to America when I was 30, so I already cultured certain way in India. So I had the balance here. If I came here earlier, I may be in different (laughs) style of life. (laughs) So once they learn something from childhood, it's very hard to understand what we are talking about. So That's why we try to mix people to understand different cultures. Slowly they'll understand. Even the philosophical points, we say things to students. Those who are from the West, they won't pick up very fast. <laughs> it's very hard for them because they never experienced.
0: Sure,
1: sure, sure. So We had to bring them to India and show them how life is there. Even Indians are living in America, is totally
0: different. Yeah, they maintain their own culture. But okay, I guess I'll phrase it in another way. But like, you know, in Christianity, there's this idea of resurrection. So you fall away, you lose your way. And then to come back into the way is called, you know, to be resurrected or to be born again. In Hinduism, somebody strays and they go away from the way, the true way of living. What are the teachings on how best to come back to the way?
1: Yeah, we have the karma philosophy before any other religion.
0: Karma, yeah.
1: So usually we'll tell everybody, you know, you had to live properly according to the teachings. But still people make mistakes. So even you think about Yes, I made a mistake. That moment itself will change the structural and the energy level. Whatever we think, whatever we do, is connected with our karmas. Even the high level of astrology teachings are in Indian philosophy, and if you get a new child in your house, an astrological star is different, it will change the atmosphere at the home. Or so once somebody is coming to your house to visit you, their astrology is different. So that that will change the situation. That's the way. That deep it is, and we have the rituals, different types of rituals to help What's people. the
0: purpose of the rituals? To become more vertically aligned. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Like jumping on one foot or
1: what? Right. No, even even he will speed it, walk around us. We never see that, but great masters can see what is going on around us. Yeah. So they they have rituals for that. <laughs> even they burn certain herbs herbs or plants, and these souls cannot stay in near that. So they'll
0: leave. yeah good and bad don't mix one has to take over well then I'm just trying to like squeeze all of, as as much as I can from you as possible because you're right. this is kind of new information for a lot of people. Do you have any advice for I would say we have all sorts of different people who listen to this. We have moms and dads, but we also mostly have younger people who are about to get married or recently married. Do you have any advice for how to stay in giving mode and to be happy and like that idea of being grateful all the time. Do you have any advice for how to maintain a high level of gratitude?
1: Yeah, that's the thing I'll say. We all are chosen, divine, being on this earth. Maybe we are from different religion or culture, doesn't matter. God never differentiates any of us. We all are made of the same five elements, but we had to get the practice how to expand our consciousness. When you expand, you feel your partner or family members are divine beings. So you give the respect and the love in the full force. Mm. That's the thing we need. How you mother feel love towards a child. Mm-hmm. Same feeling you should have towards everybody. That's a real love. Yeah.
0: And do you do that? Do you practice that by meditating you know, in the morning and opening your heart? Or how do you... Because you live in New York City, which is probably the most unloving place in the cosmos. How do you practice that?
1: For me, I used to live in caves and mountains. (laughs) So when I came here, it was very hard for me, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Even when we walk on the street, we say hi. When I say hi to people here, I say something wrong in this guy, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I know that's how we grew up. And yeah. slowly, I learn it, and still I'll say hi to people, and slowly they become friends. I feel I'm comfortable you know sometimes people give really hard time to me. I take it easy. I know their understanding is different than me, mine, so I should be more wiser than others. I take it everything nicely and move forward That's
0: the way I am. Well, I can attest to the fact that he's he walks the walk I've seen him he was even so calm and peaceful that he could sit through my sermons back when I was a pastor and not, not throw his shoe at me. So yeah, he's great. Thank you. This is really, this is really cool. I like, I really feel like the whole story is, you know, taking bits and pieces and creating a story that makes sense from all different cultures, because God was speaking to all sorts of different people at different times and the more that we can create this new world that's forming with all the wisdom from the different areas and sex I think, you know, we've been talking a lot about it, but that plays such a huge role in building the future. Obviously, it's how the future is made, but our ability to have a healthy relationship with sex is so important for a peaceful society. You work at the UN a lot. The UN has a very difficult record with sex, right? Right now, they've, they've so many things are coming to the surface about they don't have that under control at all. And so, yeah, I really appreciate your perspective and your wisdom. Do you have anything you want to say before we go?
1: Yeah. The thing is you we, we people supposed to read and educate about all other religious texts and the philosophical texts and understand what is the meaning of life. Life is very short. So when you understand the meaning of life is totally different perception for us. Do not stick with this is my religion. Religions are made by man. Human being but the divinity or the spirituality already exists in the universe. So that's the way. If you practice Christianity or Hinduism or Buddhism or Islam, just go deeper to the philosophy and understand what's the meaning, why they create this one, then you go beyond it. Yeah. Even I never promote Hinduism. There's no point of promote. When you opening up, automatically everything will come to you. That's the way it is. We had to open up questions. Even if, it was very interesting to walk through the Jesus path. I went to Israel and Palestine and all of that stuff and see. And somebody told me Jesus had a relationship and family, a hidden story. So even stories from Bible or any of the textbooks, we don't know this real or not. Sometimes people make up stuff. Yeah. You know? <laughs> One example, I'll say, Adam and Eve are the first people on earth. But the same Old Testament talk about other people, you know. But that neighborhood maybe. Sure. But people don't know about the other side of the world. Those days are different. <laughs> so do not stick with the certain points. You have to use the logical way. And science and spirituality should go hand in hand. Do not separate it. And science is not the ultimate answer for life. And the textbooks from religion is not the ultimate. What you experience in your life—that is a measure for a person. Give the respect, learn it, and make sure you are studying and understanding. A lot of times people go to teachings and hear and go through
0: this. way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they think they know already. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think that the divinity, that idea of the closer you are to God, the more everything will make sense. So it's more of not adhering to stringent rules for the sake of your religion, but finding the best way to live with God. I really like that. And I love how you were saying that in India, the priority is to make everything spiritual as much as possible. And I do believe that that's super important, especially for the work we do, because the closer you are to God, the less you want to abuse other people for your own power or pleasure. So yeah, thank you. Thank you for that wisdom, for that end note. And is there any way that people can reach you? Do you want us to include your email in this? Yeah, I can, sure. Okay, you can send it to me later and I'll add it to the show notes.
1: Thanks Thank you you so, so much.
0: W. You get all the information. <laughs> okay. Wow, he's got a website. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll include this for sure. Thank you so much. And we'll see you in the next one, everybody. Hey, before you go, I wanted you to consider checking out High Noon Connect. So if you go to our website, highnoon.org, you'll notice, first of all, we have a brand new website, which is beautiful. And also you'll notice that there's the opportunity to join High Noon Connect. The essence of what High Noon is morphing into is a community. We are better together and sexual integrity involves other people. Okay, If you're struggling with pornography, you need the help of brothers and sisters, of people in a community dedicated to helping lift you up. And even if you're not, if you're in a relationship and you just want more intimacy, more love, more joy, or if you're single and you just want to be a person that can live according to their values in the area of sexuality and you want to be around a group of people who are fighting in the same way, then please go to highnoon.org and sign up for High Noon Connect. There's a free version and a paid version. We want to make this as accessible as possible. And we're a nonprofit, so we're not trying to make a buck here. We're just trying to create a community off of Facebook that gives a focused conversation, focused energy, focused attention on building sexual integrity as a cultural intention. So go to highnoon.org. We'll see you there.